0: Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Aspen Waits Live. I'm delighted, as always, that you can join us this lunchtime, and if you're listening on the podcast, uh, you're very welcome as well, and I hope you're okay. I'm delighted to say that the CEO of Aspen Waits, Paul Waits, joins us, as always, and is on the screen right now on the right-hand side. Uh, Hello, Paul.
1: My real name is Dan Dare, and I'm pursued by my arch-enemy, the Emperor Ming, who was about to appear himself.
0: I think you're probably referring to, oh, oh, oh. to, to John O's in, in the middle there.
2: I am right here. I'm tracking your every movement. Yes, I know. It's very painful.
0: <laughs> I've, had this for the, I've had this for the last five minutes. This has gone on for the last five minutes. Um, but, John a, a very warm welcome to you to the show again. Lovely to uh, have you with us. And as we've just been discussing off-air, you've, you have a busy working office in your background, and I, I do love the wall as well. I just think it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's very peaceful.
2: Yeah, it's very productive actually. Um, so we have uh, because my um, daughters are not allowed into their offices. They're also uh, working from home, and we've got a full on. We've converted this downstairs lounge into full, full office facilities. Really, charge them a rent. Yeah, I should charge their companies some rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bugger off.
0: And um...
1: <laughs> bugger off, I should say. Bugger off.
0: So, so today uh, I've got my I've got my glasses on. And I'm on a very I've got a very serious working look with my glasses on because yeah. today is the day yeah, that wow. Mr. Boris Johnson returns to give the uh, the evening briefing, which I know we've just discussed. Paul, and you said you, you don't watch it because it, it makes you mad. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I just wonder whether the, no, the- I not
1: That's not what I said. That, that is not what I said. It's, it makes me angry. I said, yeah. <laughs> I am. I may be mad, but I in this occasion I will be angry
0: just um i wanted to start with this i think it's uh it's been a while um he's obviously the the, the leader of the government and uh and holds a a, a lot of sway and um he, he he's back today I, I wonder what difference that will make to people's morale i wonder what if we'll get any different message at all uh, across um today
1: well i'm not overly hopeful personally
2: um, yeah I don't think we will. I think it will be much of the same. Um, you know, the latest news that we've been receiving is is now that the impacts are starting to to come home of what's going on. We've got these big companies: John Lewis, British Airways, Virgin. All of these the larger companies are starting to make people redundant, starting to lay people off. You know, beyond the furloughing, they're saying don't don't bother coming back. You're not, there's going to be no job.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's um it's something yeah. we have touched on on uh, a on on previous shows, but I didn't want to start today with uh, certainly I've said this before. We ne- we're not being negative or positive. We're bringing you our real thoughts and feelings on on the issue. Um, but there there just seems to be over the last couple of days. I, w- I don't want to say negativity, but there just seems to be no clear understanding again um, of, of of when this will end. And also the government just re- uh, you know re bringing that message out again that, um, reiterating that message that we've got five criteria they're not being met at the moment so there's no hope of of us lifting this I think a lot of people thought that it was going to be in May sometime and now it looks possibly like it will be next month at best it's it, it, it's not it's not that it's not what we want to hear Paul is it really and and, and reiterating Jono's Sorry. points it, it's, it's starting to have an impact on business
1: when you say next month at best did you mean May or June
0: Sorry I w- I will clear that up I'm a day ahead of myself um thinking about our radio launch tomorrow on the 1st of May but I, I yeah I mean June so uh, speaking as if we're just going into May now
1: Well I I'd, I'd have to say if um if you, if what you say is true and we have no uh change in our current position until the 1st of June I will consider jumping over a cliff with as many other lemmings as i can find
2: well i hope you don't i I don't think you should be doing that um i I think whatever the situation is um there's nothing we can do about it it's it's what the government decides on our behalf and we have to follow what they say but having said that um, I, I noticed um, we have our Wantage office update uh, every uh, every Tuesday. We do a work in progress meeting, and this Tuesday, four of our staff were working from the office, um, uh, all properly socially distanced, etc. Um, and they were saying that the actual the office block where where our offices are based in Wantage. Um, was was fairly busy actually. There was quite a few people working from office. So I think what's happening is people are now starting to uh, move away and and go back to their work as and where they can. And people are starting to um, t- to just take initiative and and getting things done anyway.
0: Paul. Can I just clarify something with you? Because this is, this is leading yeah. on from Jono's point. I just want to ask you something, because, because I don't want to be doom and gloom here. And I know I suggested that I think maybe, and maybe just a personal opinion, that from the government's announcements that we could be looking at June before a lot of shops and maybe even restaurants and bars start to open. Um, I want to go up on the back of Jono's point and just uh, clarify something that actually... The, the restrictions are you, d- you don't go to the office unless you absolutely have to. A lot of businesses aren't absolutely closed by the government because they're not in the in the public eye as such as so, so, so restaurants and okay. bars. So I, th- I agree with John. I think a lot of businesses are looking at measures where people can go back into work, which is really positive uh, on a positive note. But what I meant by my remark is there is a difference between getting back to normal as far as, businesses and and how we go about our lives and seeing people and restaurants bars sporting events and those things opening i think i need to make that distinction between the two of them because they're very different
1: yeah i'd say um probably um apart from the last couple of days i i i would have if you'd asked me on um tuesday i would have said beyond all doubt that it was almost like that the nation had decided that it was all over uh, and you could feel this groundswell of opinion. And as we were talking, you know, uh, behavioral patterns, um, you know, uh, vastly more people out on, 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 on the road, uh, hugely more people going to the beach, etc., etc. et cetera. I also have to say, I was one of the things I do. I've now, I've now gone cycling 33 days in a row, which I think might be my all time life, uh, uh, high. So, uh, i've done done 30 and 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 probably because of um pretty much it it, is unusual for me not at some point in one of my bike rides to go over a motorway bridge because uh because the motorway is about um well it's three miles both ways from me three miles to the north three miles to the south (laughs) um and so i can i can actually i can actually cycle over a um over a a bridge over the motorway in about 1.4 miles is the shortest. So I I see the motorway most days. Um, And on Tuesday, uh, I think you could have almost believed it was a normal day.
0: Just for clarity as well, because people are watching this all around the country and the world. Which motorway is that that you can see? The M5. The M5, there we go. So
1: the M5 on Tuesday had an incredible amount of traffic on it compared to recently. I would say at the very least half of normal traffic, at least I would say. Um, So I think, I think uh, personally, uh, and I, and I, and I just think now, for instance, I've decided that enough is enough myself. So I have, I have offered to see clients starting in seven days time. You know, I am now prepared to see you if, if you want, you know, and I think, uh, I think if if on because uh, the, the magic date is May May the 7th, isn't it? Uh, so May the 7th is when the next three weeks comes up. I think that there's probably a one third chance that they will uh, extend for another three weeks. But I, I think it's more unlikely than likely. But the way they're talking, it's not impossible. Um, I think that would be a massive mistake. And I think there probably would be consequences. I don't agree with Jono's point, actually, about um, we can't do anything about it. I mean, isn't that the whole point about living in a democracy that if if everyone felt like that, nothing would ever change, would it? You just let tyrants rule. And, you you know, if you take it to its worth extent, I mean, ultimately, we live in a democracy, which means that... um, you know what should be what should be enacted is what is best for us as a society so uh, p- people are allowed to have confidence or no confidence in their government so i would say the only way that one can express one's dissatisfaction with the government is to oppose is to actually say this is ridiculous you're you're killing our country you know um i think it's already it's already acknowledged that um I think I think even even the um what do you call them the doves in the cabinet acknowledge that we are now starting to see real pain you know and and things like deaths you know non coronavirus related deaths from the lockdown policy so I think it's exceedingly unlikely that they'll do another 3 months with nothing happening personally but I think if it does it will cause it will cause a lot of trouble
0: I think just putting put a a positive um trying to put a positive uh, spin on it, maybe, and just say what what I would like to see. I think from the government, really simply, what I would like to see is it says at the moment on the BBC news site that uh, uh, there is a meeting this afternoon, a Cobra meeting, that uh, uh, Boris will come on, and I'm sure it will be probably the most informative and the most important briefing that we've had in a couple of weeks, not just because Boris is back, but I think because of the the, the meeting that's happening this afternoon. And what I would simply like to see from the government is to say, yep, yeah, we can't carry on like this. Um, We've all done very well, but here is what we're going to do. So what we're going to do is shops will open from this date and they're all going to put in place, like the supermarkets have, measures for social distancing. We're going to limit the amount of people in at any one time. We're going to be really sensible about that. And then we've got a plan in maybe on the 1st of June for restaurants and bars to open and again there'll be limited people it, it, it coming into them that, that's what I would like to see some some sort of look like, sport's going to happen these things are going to happen but we're going to be sensible about it we're not just going to say everyone can go and crack on as normal that, that would be my my, my will for, from the government this afternoon is that too much to ask is, is it?
2: Um, I don't think so I think that would be that would be a nice outcome to have um, <clears throat> I suppose it, 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 in the end, I think, it, it's we don't have open to us the means of demonstrating at this point in time. Um, you can't go and have a mass demonstration in, outside the Houses of Parliament or whatever it is, Why not? Um, because I, I don't think you would get the numbers of people there. Um, how are they going to get there for a start? Um, it's, it's quite interesting because although there's uh, very few trains, you know, that the train service has, is running on, on the, the skeleton train service, but what's happening is the people that do have to catch the trains now are actually crowding, uh, are, are, a lot of people are going in the trains. So the, it's very difficult for people to be social distancing on the trains because there's not enough trains mm, to get them point. to do that. So it's defeating the object. I think we'll find there's a lot of instances where what they're trying to do is backfiring because because it's just not possible. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree with that. In examples like that, um, <laughs> so, so it's up to each individual. Really, the bottom line is it's up what you want to do. Um, uh, in my situation, I uh, had a, a kidney transplant. 15 years ago, and um, on the government's list of uh, what makes you a vulnerable person, I fulfill three of the four criteria uh, that they've got. So, I am going to continue personally working working from home and doing my stuff from home, but I've got absolutely no objections to any of, of our team or um, any anybody like that to go and see clients. It's... Uh, You've got to do what works for you in the end but the main thing is keeping positive which is very difficult for some people who know that they've lost their jobs or um you know are stuck at home struggling mentally i I think i think that's
1: that's probably the, the the most relevant thing you've said today actually i don't mean that in a rude way um you know there's, there's, there's several things you said which um one could spend days talking about because they're so fascinating you know that, that you what you said about uh you can't demonstrate for instance you know um that's quite a, so that rather begs the question of um you know how how a, a nation of people could in fact uh register their disapproval with um you know a government's actions in that scenario obviously in america for instance they're 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 contradicting what you said in america there have been open massive demonstrations against the government and one of the things we talked about in one of the shows earlier this week was there was a demonstration in glastonbury last saturday led by jeremy corbyn's brother um where uh a, a gathering uh, took place at the uh glastonbury town centre of people protesting against the lockdown so what's, what is, what's that horrible noise oh what's
2: that's there? a helicopter flying
1: over it's always it's always you isn't it honestly they're coming it's, 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 they're it's, it's, coming it's for
0: him
2: <laughs> i'll mute my what,
1: microphone that's what comes that's what comes with being the emperor ming you see um and then the the, the next thing which is very very interesting what you said uh and we're, we're going to be talking about uh things like mental well-being and and, and nutrition and wellness tomorrow in our special feature with Callum the Viking as our number one guest um, is how do you how do you stay positive in a bleak environment? I mean, I think one of the things that um, uh, Ben and I have been discussing on the live streams for some time now is I think there's one thing between, let's say, caution or, you know, even over-caution or unnecessary caution, whatever you want to call it, and extinguishing hope. So I think there's a big difference, for instance, to saying to, saying to somebody, um, "I'm telling you that you need to drink less alcohol, right?" But in four weeks' time, uh, you probably could have a couple of big whiskies if you wanted to. Do you see what I mean? Then in that scenario, so I, 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 as a sort of the way I tend to think, I would, I would sit there and I would, you know, when I was out on my bike ride, I would picture uh these two whiskies and i'd tell myself that i had to be a good boy and you know if i lasted that another four weeks i'd get to have my whiskey or whatever you know i think the problem with the government at the moment is all they keep saying is protect lives protect the nhs stay at home uh, hug your grandparents don't even think about uh talking to your friends you know and and that's and that is not sustainable i think there's already clear evidence that people have had enough and I, I i i actually if i had to have a bet on it uh i would say that boris won't say anything today which makes makes me feel anything like hopeful so i'm sorry to be negative about that that's well that's well that's where my my money would be
0: it's interesting, yeah, it's very interesting um, points that you make, Paul, and, and, and on the back of uh, Jono's uh, comment as well about him actually saying, look, my situation's slightly different. So everybody's situation will be slightly different, and we expect some movement. What that movement will be, we don't know, and, and, we're, and we're just talking about that now, uh, blind almost. But it is an interesting uh, point that Jono made. You know, you can decide... That actually, I mean, I'll take myself, for example, at the moment, although I would like to go out and do things, I can do my job very well from where I am. So I'm not uh, in the category of I need to get out because I need to do my job or I need to do these other things. So there are going to be people that it won't change too much if if restrictions are lifted. Um, We're not all going to start going out partying at the weekends. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Paul, on this. I think that the government needs to make decisive decisions now for the good of everyone, not just trying to uh, do, do what they're doing. They need to think about the other consequences. And I think we need to see some movement in these restrictions. And just going back to one of the points that Jono made, and I wanted to move this conversation on, because you made an excellent point <laughs> at the very beginning, Jono, which was we are starting to see big businesses now um, make staff redundant, and I know that that shouldn't be um, the the thing that gets us talking about it because every business matters, and that certainly is our mantra here at Aspen Wait. But when you do st- start to see the likes of John Lewis and, and British Airways and big companies making thousands of staff redundant, th- it, there was never never more a ta- more so a time that the government needs to to take stock of that because that that is big news
1: yeah i mean if you turn it around a bit and you think um and obviously you know I, I have i have i don't know ten conversations every day with with people um you know in in companies like uh ho you know big hotels to coach companies to uh transport companies to waste and recycling companies to shops uh to pubs if you were if you were the owner of an airline at the moment you tell me when you – would. so I would say uh, pretty much guaranteed no traffic in May, uh, unlikely to see much in June, uh, and then probably – if you believe the government – and this this comes back to the, the foolishness of not giving people hope. If you believe the government, it would basically say this is going to carry on for some time and get ready for the – you know, prepare for the new – what was it? The new – what's the word they say the new normal is thats that, the, is that yeah, what i'm saying i think so the new the, the new normal so you know if you're if you're the owner of a, a an airline or a restaurant then the implication of that is either vastly reduced traffic or for instance you know you've got 100 covers now you've got 50 covers because you're not allowed to have 100 people in your restaurant because of social distancing if you were then uh if you were then you know leaving aside emotion if you were then doing a cash flow forecast for your business and looking at your workforce i don't see how you could conclude anything other than up to half of your employees would have to go i I, I fail to see how you could arrive at any other conclusion and unless the government basically said you can furlough people indefinitely you know for a year say if if necessary and we're going to pump your business full of cash because we're going to crash the economy. Uh, I, I don't see how how you could avoid that,
0: <clears throat> Paul. That's that is a really good point, actually, because when we're talking about these discussions of what the government will actually do, how we'll come out of this, I know that we can, uh, you know, use these different uh, hy- uh, hypotheses of how how that will work. But ultimately, I. I think we're all in agreement that we're, we're not going to click our fingers and be back to normal life. I think there's going to be some time. So what, 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 the point that you just made there is, is absolutely key to this. And I hope that somebody may ask that question later if, if, if they're intelligent enough to pick it up, which is, will you be extending the furlough scheme to, um, to, to uh, run alongside the fact that you are almost going to have a staggered back to normal life um, because that will be key to, uh, um, as you just said, Paul. A lot of businesses, a lot, a lot of employees. That will be a key to to, to everything, really.
2: Oh <laughs>
0: this is live, by the way. This is uh, early.
2: The postman just arrived.
0: Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, John O's postman just arrived. That's what happened. Um, but but yeah, just going back to that point you made, Paul. Really key there. Will we see the government do that? Because if they were to extend the furlough scheme until September. You're giving businesses more of a lifeline, but ultimately, what we haven't discussed yet is how that will be paid back, and it's it's not that's not a good subject.
1: Sorry, sorry to cut across Jono because he hasn't spoken yet, but I just I think I need to reply to that. Um, I, I think the point is 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 that even I don't think that extending the furlough scheme is the answer. That's 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 the point. If if the if the furlough scheme was uh, was extended uh it still means that the economy is tanking. All it means is is that the that the owner of that business is getting some uh some relief against the costs he's having to make. It doesn't stop his business tanking. It doesn't mean that every day that uh the garden centre is closed or every day the restaurant is closed, uh that people aren't buy- you know aren't finding an alternative in Sainsbury's and buying their wine from there or whatever the analogy is, you know? The fact is, is that you need you need we need to give people back hope and we need, you know, there needs to be a properly thought out plan, which basically says, you know, which 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 is sustainable, I think, you know, because no no democracy um, can can allow can allow their economy to crash in in a way. And I I I think even even, um, you know, even though I now have a very negative opinion of this government, to be honest with you um i do i do feel that when you know when the individuals are are actually uh so people like, i've listened to debates with people like andrea Ledsum, uh ian duncan smith this week and they they all talk you know and i'm not saying i totally agree with them but they they seem to understand the basic principles you know that that i feel strongly about so you know, I, I just think I think that the thing that the as, as one of the biggest problems we've got here, as we keep talking about over the last few years in Aspen Way, is that governments on the whole don't understand business. You know, that that's the biggest problem. They don't understand business. They and, and let's be honest, you know, the times like this require strength. You know, we, we talk a lot in Aspen Way about courage, you know, about how important courage is you need as a leader to say you know what i don't care if 20 million people in uk don't agree with me i don't care if sky news runs a load of programs saying that i'm a killer you know i've got to be prepared to make a decision in the best interest of the uk people and you know and as, as 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 people rightly say if if the if the economy tanks for too long then who who funds the nhs anyway
0: Well, I just want to, on one of the points that you made there, Paul, Darren's uh, put a comment in, um, which says, surely there has to be a sector by sector phased return using the furlough scheme, which I think was um, more what I was thinking along the lines of um, certain businesses. So, for example, if you're a restaurant, and I'll put this one to, to, to you, Jono, first, if you're a restaurant and you are being told by the government, look, okay, we need to get you back up and running. You can open from the 1st of June, but you can only have 20 people eating there any one time and you've got to take a load of tables out and we, we're going to be set try and be sensible about this you're not going to need all your staff maybe, maybe you will I'm not I'm not a, a restauranteer. I'm not I'm not I'm not in the restaurant game but you, you might not need all your staff you can see where I'm going with this example so surely the furlough scheme might have a, an advantage as Darren said to actually uh, sector by sector um, I know uh, I'll give, give John a chance to, to, to come in on that and I know Paul you might not agree with that so it'd be interesting to see your thoughts as well. <laughs>
2: well uh, let's let's take the example of a restaurant if you're a restaurant and you're allowed to say open fifty percent or thirty percent of what you previously uh, used to do my my thinking is apart from the first week that you open up again or maybe the first two weeks where are your customers going to come from because um, the longer this carries on people's disposable income what 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 few savings the majority of the people in the UK have, uh, they're not going to be spending it on going out to a restaurant. They're going to be saving it up because they know that cash is going to be king as long as this carries on. More and more people losing their jobs, losing their income, is going to mean they're going to have to start selling things off. They're going to have to... The the longer-term impact of this carrying on the way it is is going to be in my opinion, it's going to cause absolute chaos and devastation. And I, I just don't think people are going to be going out to restaurants to order their food. They're going to be, um, they're going to be carrying on doing their shopping at, at the supermarkets and cooking at home um, for numerous reasons, one of which is lack of disposable income. So even if you start opening it up sector by sector, some sectors are still going to struggle, and they're not going to. I don't know how they're going to recover.
0: Paul, it's before very... be, be, sorry, but I was to say Johnny, before I get Paul to comment on that uh, interesting point that you you made, uh, Darren's uh, question probably to you, Paul, on on the phasing of furlough. He says, or, or maybe a phased furlough: eighty percent, then sixty percent, then forty percent. He's actually put it's like a drug in, now in business, so it needs to be we, we need to be weaned off of it. Is that a good point, or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Um, well i think you know, there's something i need to say it's a bit i, I don't know i can't think i, I, I think i think there's something clever to say for tomorrow but so i'll just cut to the to the quick on this so the fact is uh and, and these are real conversations i'm now having with people okay so the, the problem is is that it's not just it's not simply a case of I've got 100 units of expenditure in wages. The government's going to give me back enough of that 100 units for me uh, to be able to keep my workforce together, right? You've got you've got other other implica- other things. And that's why, for instance, it's so difficult asking someone to do a cash flow forecast for a business interruption loan. You know, I spoke to um, a client that John O knows yesterday, Claire Kiddle, for instance. You know, who does the open water swimming. You know. Um, now, how, how does she know how many months her lakes can be closed for? You know, um, so you're you're asking people to make decisions on the basis of insufficient knowledge. Now, you know, even though I, I don't agree with the moral, you know, you know that mor- morality and ethics are very important to us. Obviously, in some businesses, they they are they are almost the opposite. So there's one business in particular I've been talking to this week who who has almost the exact opposite Attitude towards people that I have. And and obviously my job as an advisor is is to advise. I can't go around giving people advice on the basis of you know Betty's gonna be crying if you lay her off, you know. I mean I you know I can make the point that, you know Bert, but you know, ultimately I said to Bert, look, Bert, you know, you've got to do a cash flow forecast on the basis of what you reasonably think is gonna happen. Clearly, it would be a mistake. So this, is, this is actually what I said, okay? It would be a mistake for you to lay off all your key managers, which is what he was thinking of doing, um, if if over a reasonable period of time, you felt the business was going to come back and then because you, you just end up recruiting people you didn't know when you already had people who were good enough to work for you, right? However, if if on the basis of what you know at the moment, you don't have that level of optimism, now, of course, um, something I hadn't thought of before, really, but this is why even, you know, Darren's comments about phasing may not work. One of the, one of the issues you have is you furlough a worker for three months, say, right? Uh, and let's imagine now, just to make it easy, that that employee has 24 days holiday entitlement, OK? How it works... Is clearly no one's going to go on holiday during the furlough. I'm not even sure they're allowed to. I think that's, I think that's, Mm. I don't know, that that may be something that someone will clear up for us for tomorrow. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if you're furloughed, you're not, you know, you're not allowed then to be on holiday from the company, okay? So one of the issues that was certainly very important to this client was they actually said to me, so if someone's on 24 days holiday and they have three months furlough, that means we owe them another six days holiday. And I said, yes. And they said, well, that's untenable. You know, we, we, we're not going to keep people we don't really want on for another three months and then have uh, and then owe them, you know, this is quite a big company. So if you said there were 50 employees, that's 300 days holiday, you know, we're talking about, which is, you know, which is over a year of, of active work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this is the problem. And of course, as we discussed last week, Um, The furlough scheme in itself is anti-employment because it doesn't create any incentive for the employer to keep the workforce together. Because as soon as soon as I would say personally, I don't think I think it was well intentioned, but ultimately it will be proved to be a disaster. I think that once you say to an employer, uh, you can get rid of half of your workforce on this furlough scheme, those people are already halfway dead. In my opinion, mm. you know, that employer has already basically said you're not key. You know, they're already sitting there in the water waiting for the shark to come. That's my view.
0: Well, so. Interesting on that, Paul. I've got a real life example from a friend and I only spoke to them yesterday. And what's happened in their business? Let's say, for example, there are 50 employees. Um, 40 of them have been furloughed and 10 of them have been kept working from home and kept really busy over the last three months. And And they are one of them that have been kept really busy. And they they wrote to all the employees yesterday and said, we anticipate, they have made redundancies on top of this, but we anticipate that we'll be bringing you back from furlough at the end of June, because we've got certain work in the pipeline and we hope that we'll be able to by then. And my friend said to me yesterday, well, I've been working the longest hours and I've been working, and I'm very privileged because I'm obviously one of the key workers, which is great, Mm. but as soon as I go back into work... You know, I, I, I'm going to, these people are going to have 30 days holiday to take and and I'm only going to have, like, it's, it's it's a situation where you're going to go back in and also the people that then have been brought back in, what kind of situation is that to go back into? It's a, it's a very bizarre, unless they are just planning to make them redundant, which it sounds like this company aren't, because they may have work. But so it's a very um, real situation, as you mentioned, Paul, that, you know, potentially this is going to come back to bite the government um, on on a, on a number of different levels.
1: Yeah.
0: So just uh, there are a couple of other things that I wanted to mention just looking at the BBC uh, News tab that I have open before I uh, go on to this just want to say please get involved in the show many comments that are coming in thank you ever so much uh, for them if you're listening on the podcast you can always get in touch with us uh, all you need to do is email podcast aspen weightcouk and get your thoughts uh, into the show and if you haven't already uh, please subscribe to our YouTube and our podcast and you'll get it delivered every single day we're going to just move on to uh, talking to a couple of things that I've seen on the news on the BBC site right now that are live. Um, we're not going to talk about man uses lockdown to build 30-foot railway in his garden. That's not as uh, relevant to us. Um, but lockdown causing record fall in CO2 yeah. emissions. Jono, you mentioned this when we very first started. Um, the, and, and I think because of everything else that's going on, we've just spent half an hour or more talking about Um, the effects on business the effects on life the effects on mental health this particular thing is not very high up usually on the news tabs but the more i read into it the difference that the last two months or so has made on on the um on the climate is is astonishing
2: yeah uh, it it, uh, uh, that's probably one of the most positive things about (laughs) Probably the only positive thing, I think, um, uh, about about this whole lockdown thing is the effect on the environment of the entire world closing down. Um, But then I also saw on the news a couple of days ago that New Zealand have come out of their lockdown. Um, Surprisingly enough, New Zealand, throughout the entire process, only recorded 19 deaths from coronavirus. But they've come out. And what was the first thing they showed on the TV? Um, the queues of people in the cities queuing up outside McDonald's to get their Big Macs and their McDonald's food. And I just thought to myself, have, have human beings learned anything? There they are. The first thing they do when they let out is go and eat, eat junk food. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, yes, the environment is hopefully uh, making a recovery. How long that recovery will be depends on how quickly we get back to full production for for our consumer society. Uh, that sounds very negative, doesn't it? Um, but I suppose it's the reality. Um, with a bit of luck, there'll, there'll be a bit of a stay of execution on um, on the environment because of it. I don't know what uh, else to say
1: n- that, really. Funnily enough, I'm going to do a flip today because I've been playing the um – I like to think normally i'm the epitome of positivity and um as is Jono and i've been playing the sort of grim reaper role today but actually i'm pleased to say that i'm going to take over the pied piper now um i would actually say um there's been a number of benefits that have come out of this lockdown actually it doesn't change my overall view about mismanagement and uh, well-intentioned um chaos and things like that but you know if you look at um our own business um, we have been forced to find uh, a more optimal way of working. And I think there's no doubt that that is that has been achieved. Um, we've seen um, again, you know, we've seen. So if you take uh, the show I do every Friday, a great British expose, you know, at two o'clock, by the way, um, if you look at that. So, you know, I'm talking to, say, 50 people I've never met before. Every week. Um we we as Aspen Way have a group effectively a group staff meeting every Monday, which is a complete and utter open book democracy. Everyone from the cleaner to the top is is present, can ask whatever they want, get told whatever they want. Uh so I think that there's been a, a huge number of benefits. I think on an environmental level, I actually think I would I actually would be prepared I would actually feel so confident of this I would be prepared to put it on aspirin weight paper okay I, I think enough people have seen the the light or the benefits of improved attitudes to environmental matters uh and then and also uh, uh, so one you know one of the things as you know um you know my my uh my strategy in aspirin weight has broadened from uh, looking after all business solutions to to also looking after the well being of the people that are in business. And um you know, I think I think that uh generally I, I'm quite confident or optimistic that again there will be a noticeable shift in in the way that a lot of people behave in the future when it comes to things like eating, exercise. I'd like to think, you know, I've never seen so many bikes obviously as someone who's cycled Uh, for i don't know how many years it is since i was about 10 i think so 50 years now um you know probably if i went for a 25 mile cycle on average i i might i might historically have seen two bikes Mm. you know now um if i go and if i cycle to bridgewater on a on a sunday like i do which is which is about nine miles there and back you know depending on which way i go i will probably I'd say on average I probably overtake about six people and get overtaken by three, you know something like that. So you know, and then you, you visibly are seeing uh, massively more people running, uh, walking, this sort of thing. So I think, I think that there will be um, real, you know, really permanent changes. And and I think that um, it sort of brings it home to you in a way, doesn't it? And I think you know. So I think if you just if you just look at it, you know, we as a firm, for instance, will. I reckon if I was doing a budget today, I hadn't really thought of it like this before, but if I was doing a budget today, I would say I reckon that business mileage in Aspen Weight might be as low as half of what it was last year next year. Mm. That makes sense. So that has to be good for the environment, doesn't it? Yeah. If, if Aspen Weight cars are only driving, I don't know, let's say that all of Aspen Weight people drive 50,000 business miles in a year. Uh, it's probably more than let's say it's a hundred thousand, and next year I'm saying it won't be a hundred thousand be fifty thousand. Well, you know if every single business in the u k did that, then that's quite a massive difference in terms of um, emissions, isn't it?
0: Well, I think you're right, and I think that a lot a lot of the articles at the moment are about whether people will be more environmentally conscious after this. Um, global carbon emissions uh, dropped 8% um, this year because of obviously the, the, the lockdown and, and this is not the way to do it but they're actually saying the problem is now that scientists need it to drop this much and this is this is incredible but they don't need it to drop this much whilst the economy is in such a a bad state but to, to Paul's point we had a couple of comments in uh, today as well thank you by the way for all your comments um, that actually the staff structure and how you're having meetings on zoom zoom we're doing very well out of this um it, it it's a lot uh it's a lot better for travel costs and um not just travel costs i'll add in people's people's time as well you know that's a i said at the beginning of the show one of the things that personally on a personal note of notice you know the productivity of being able to work from eight or six or whenever your working hours are and not have to travel but Paul's point was really important. I think if a, if, a, if a number of businesses see the benefit of working like this, and we've mentioned on several shows the change in attitudes of people working from home, then that will have an effect, uh, Jono, on the climate. So that, that is a, a positive thing. We wanted to end with a positive thing today.
2: Absolutely. I'm, I'm really, I've, I've got big, big um, expectations. Um, it's I, I just get disappointed when I see people queuing up to eat McDonald's. <laughs> you know, I, I would I would rather seeing them queuing up to go and eat some some good quality home cook, uh, not home cooked, but locally sourced, uh, produce from their local restaurant rather than the McDonald's. But such is life. It's it is good news. There's with all of these things. It's what Paul's always said. There's always going to be winners and there's going to be losers and one of the um big winners is the environment and that's that's really good news because that is overall uh, beyond anything else the environment is is what's going to um affect future generations
0: you know We've we we've come to, yeah I echo those uh, those thoughts Jono I think it's really important to uh, certainly today what I wanted to do was end uh, with a few positives we're going to end with a song in a moment but I wanted to uh, turn it round and end with a few positives and we have done and there are positives and and Paul uh, I think one of the things he said which was absolutely right was it doesn't stop my frustration at the situation and the government but I will you know say there at there have been positives. And certainly, um, the way people work is one of them that will have an effect on the environment. Speaking of positive things, tomorrow you can join us from twelve thirty, and we will be talking all about uh, well-being, and we'll also be talking about mental health and, and fitness. And we we can't wait for that, Paul. That's going to be a really good show tomorrow.
2: What's the best way to tune in into that live uh, launch,
0: Ben, of <laughs> uh, the radio station? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to mention, see, John. Oh, you tease me up on these things. It's as if we've put a little script out earlier to do it. Tomorrow is a very, very exciting day for us. We're we're, we're absolutely proud as punch, and we are um, extremely happy to be bringing you the launch of Aspen Weight Radio. Uh, it launches at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, just in time for your weekend, and um, it's it's fantastic. We will tell you more about how you can uh, log on tomorrow. All I can say, all I want to say for now is. Keep watching our social media channels as you're doing. Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. We will give you all the information you need on there. There will be a direct link on aspenweight.co.uk website that, you could, that will take you to the radio player uh, so you won't miss a thing. We've got so many more exciting announcements uh, on our radio station to come and we will talk about it a little bit tomorrow uh, as well. So do watch out for that. And thank you, Jono, for reminding me to tell people uh, about that. And speaking of radio and songs... It's that time again, Paul.
1: It's that time again, yes. So um we've we've reached um O, O for Orange in our A to Z. Um actually there isn't a, a huge amount of choice in, in O's. Um but I'm pleased to say that uh, it was very it would have been a very easy selection anyway, because this is uh a song that um actually not across my whole lifetime. I've always liked orchestral manoeuvres in the dark or OMD as they are more commonly known. Um, And and this particular song in, I don't know, particularly in the last year has become one of my go-to songs. So probably a song of, if I listened to 10 songs, this would be right up there as one of the 10, you know, I, I revisit it over and over again. I just think, um, Again, it's it's got a lot of things, you know, a lot of qualities I like in a song. It's sort of sort of hip, hypnotic. Again, the video is quite interesting. You've got all the guys in a big warehouse, you know, in a, an unusual setting, and um, and of course it's quite a catchy song. And again, as you know, I I tend to I don't know why what it is, and, and there's there tend to be certain lyrics that people have and they just resonate with me for some reason, you know. Uh, in this particular case, the lyric is Memories are uncertain friends, which I just think is a brilliant line. Memories are uncertain friends. Mm. I mean, it's, I just think that's such a yeah. brilliant lyric, you know. Mm. Uh, the song itself, actually, if you read the lyrics, which I did again this morning, is actually quite, quite. considering it, I think it's quite a, an uplifting song. It's, all, it's actually about despair. It's about a guy talking to his missus about a failed relationship and how she's dealing with that you know and um you know and he's sort of commenting on the letters she's writing him and that's what that's what the whole song's about actually despite what you might think so i I just think this is um a really probably one of the best electronically based songs of all time little bit guitar in there um and it's messages by orchestral maneuvers in the dark Uh, a band that had enormous number of hits i'm pleased to say and i think are touring again at the moment a uh, whole catalogue of, of fantastic songs. Um, so, uh, yeah, one of my favourite bands and uh, a worthy choice
2: for today, I think. Yeah. We... One of my favourite bands as well. Um, many, many, many years ago when I was a student, I, I got a gig uh, driving um, Africa. And they were one of the groups that I ended up um, being a driver for. Uh-huh. Along with Alpha Blondie.
0: Not
1: without. No. So <laughs> that will be a concert, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: well, we've got we, we, as you as you all know, we have a a, a real passion for music um, here amongst us, and that is definitely something that we will be able to find out more about, and you'll be able to listen to more of um, our passion for music and all things uh, musical. Uh, in our radio station that launches tomorrow at four o'clock. But for now, um, the song is on the way. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you ever so much. Don't forget, if you haven't already, uh, then please subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can hit the bell on the YouTube channel, which notifies you whenever we go live. And we'll be doing that again uh, tomorrow. Before we go, just a big thank you uh, to uh, Jono uh, for joining us. Um, Thanks, Jono. Always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure to be on.
1: It's just going to fix his death ray.
2: It's pointing at Earth. I thought, I've got it over there by the dartboard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and as always, a big thank you to uh, Paul uh, for joining us. And Paul, you'll be back uh, tomorrow uh, with us for our show, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you for all of your comments and for listening on the podcast uh, as well. Have a great rest of the day. And uh, we can't wait to see you tomorrow at half past 12.